Well, turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. We're uh, continuing our study, really, the book of Revelation. We're almost through. Toward the end, we've already seen the entire tribulation. We've seen the second coming of Jesus Christ. We saw that uh, beast and false prophet were cast in the lake of fire. We saw Satan was bound. We actually saw the thousand-year reign that was in verses Revelation 20, verses 4 through 6. Last week, because we didn't have that much information, and, you know, Revelation 20 just doesn't give you a lot of information about the kingdom, we went and looked at different things last week. We went throughout the scripture where it talks about it, and we looked at the kingdom. We raised questions like, what is the kingdom? Where is the kingdom? Uh, when, is, when will the kingdom be? Uh, uh, how long is the kingdom? Who's in the kingdom? Who's not in the kingdom? Uh, all those kind of things. We talked about those last week. Well, the kingdom has just ended, and that's where we are. In fact, as we start chapter, se- uh, uh, chapter 20, verse 7, it says, when the thousand years are completed. So we're going to be looking at what happened afterwards, and as we look at this, we're going to see two different aspects this morning. We're going to see Satan and his rebellion, and then we're going to see the judgment of unbelievers. And this is a, a really a sad time, but one of the things we realize is God is a God of grace, mercy, and love. But those who reject him, there will be the judgment of God. I mean, so we often say, you know, God is a God of grace and mercy, and he is. But when we reject Jesus Christ and we reject it, there comes a judgment. And so I want you to think about this, that there's a difference between grace and rewards, or grace is something earned that way. Uh, rewards are something earned. When you think about grace, grace is a gift. It's undeserved. It's just given to you. Rewards are something that's earned. That's wages and rewards for service. When you work for, maybe say, two weeks or a, a month, and they give you your paycheck, they don't come and say, I have a gift for you. It's not a gift. You earned it. That's why rewards are earned, but grace, the whole idea is, is, uh, is a free gift. In fact, we think about it. Salvation is by grace. It is undeserved. God freely gives salvation through Jesus Christ. Whenever someone believes in Christ, they get eternal life. It's the grace of God. Rewards are earned as we live, as we seek to live our lives, to walk worthy of the calling we've been called, to live for Jesus Christ. There are rewards. And we stand before Jesus Christ. We as believers will stand before what's called the judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded for the things that we've done. But there's going to be another judgment, and it's, it's not so much rewards for places of responsibility, so to speak. It's going to be when unbelievers stand before Jesus Christ, it's called the great white throne judgment. And we're going to see it. We're going to see how it fits together because it deals with works. And by the way, when any human being stands before Jesus Christ, it is never for sin. Sin has already been dealt with. Jesus Christ already paid for all sin. When unbelievers stand before Jesus Christ, it's based on their works and their deeds. When we stand before Jesus Christ, it's based on our works and our deeds. And we'll see that as we go through our passage. Let's go to remember, we said that we've gotten to a point where we call it what we call the the seven last things in the book of Revelation. And we've already seen this. The first one is the second coming of Jesus. He comes as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. His name is, is the, the Word of God written on him as the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's coming to rule. We saw the defeat of the Antichrist. There was the big battle there. at what We call the campaign of Armageddon. It comes from Armageddon, but it's Armageddon, and there it is. And then we saw the binding of Satan. Of course, the defeat of the Antichrist, the Antichrist, and the false prophet were cast in the lake of fire. Satan was bound for a thousand years in a big hole. We saw the kingdom last time which is Revelation chapter 24 through 6. And there's not a lot of information. That's why last week we went and got, went throughout the scripture looking for the uh, information about the kingdom. Where we are now is Satan will be released, the final battle, and the great white throne judgment. And that's the next two. And then there's one more after that. We'll get these two this morning. And then in the next few weeks, we'll be going through the new heavens and the new earth. So that's where we are. We're seeing the seven last things as we go through the book of Revelation. Remember, 
<coughs> Jesus has already, but when he gets ready to set up the kingdom, he deals with three groups. He puts the unbelievers to death. That was at the very end when Jesus Christ came. It was called the separation of the sheep and the goats. The unbelievers are put to death. The beasts and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire. They're the first ones ever cast lake of fire. Lake of fire, a lot of times we say that's hell. Well, the lake of fire, that Jesus, uh, these, these two, beast and false prophet, are the first ones cast lake of fire. Lake of fire is prepared for the devil and his angels. We'll talk more about it. And then Satan has been bound in a pit in a big hole for a thousand years. Well, following there's going to be the kingdom, and, and, then, and then we're going to see what happens this morning. So here's our outline that we're going to see Satan's rebellion, his release from prison, gathered for war, then cast, he's going to be cast lake of fire, and then we see the judgment of the unbelievers, the great white throne judgment, the books are open, and then all are cast in lake of fire. We'll see how that goes as well. Let's remember something. Satan is bound. Who is Satan? Satan is the devil. He's an angel that was in the garden that guarded the throne of God. And God, because his pride, Isaiah uh, you know, 14, Ezekiel 28, he wanted to be like God. In fact, he tried to be like God, and God removed him. When Satan fell, Satan also brought some of the other angels with him, which we now call demons or unclean you know, angels. And, and so there's this rebellion of Satan and bad angels, and they're opposed to God. They're opposed to us. We've been seeing that. Satan is, has, is called the prince of the power of the air. He rules the fallen world. God is alive allowed him to do that. He deceives the nations. He has a false gospel. It's so true. When you look at it all throughout the Bible, if you look throughout the Bible, you will never find where it says you do good works to be saved. You'll never find it. But Satan's message that we've heard all our lives that almost all religions say is you have to do good things in order to get to God. You've got to live right. You've got to do what's right. That's Satan's lie. And that's been his lie forever. Well, we, we've seen who he is, but during the tribulation, he empowered, maybe actually indwelled the beast, which we call him the Antichrist. And what we find out is that when Jesus returned as king, the Antichrist and the false prophet were cast into the lake of fire, and Satan was bound in a pit for a thousand years through the, through, for the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ. We said we don't have a lot about the kingdom we talked about it last week. What we do know is this. Unbelievers will not be in the kingdom. All believers would there, be there. Many would glorify bodies. And many with regular bodies. We'll talk more about that. And Jesus will rule from Jerusalem. We already saw last time that he rules in righteousness. Many people will come and say, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God's going to rule. It's going to be from Jerusalem. Isaiah says, they'll not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. The holy mountain is Jerusalem, the top of the mountain, Mount Zion. Of the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the uh, waters cover the sea. So we're, th th that's what we've got. The time of righteousness and justice. We talked last week that... When Jesus Christ comes back, the lion will lay down with the lamb. During the thousand-year reign, animals won't eat each other. Animals won't eat us. It'll be a whole different kind of world. It'll be more like the garden and before the fall. It'll just be an amazing thing. Uh, there'll be people in glorified bodies, the church, Old Testament saints, tribulation saints. There'll actually be people in regular bodies. And we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes as we go through the kingdom. Uh, so, the thousand years, it says here in Revelation chapter 20, verse 7, when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison. Why is it a thousand years, and why is it on this earth? And we talked about it last time, <clears throat> but 
the promise was made to Samuel, uh, excuse me, to, to uh, David in 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 17, that the son of David would sit on the throne in Jerusalem as the king forever. And King David's throne is in Jerusalem. Jesus Christ is the son of David. He took the throne. He rules for a thousand years. You might say, but I thought he was supposed to be forever. The thousand years is going to end. It is. But the, the kingdom is called the eternal kingdom because when you look into the eternal state, Jesus Christ continues to rule as the king of kings and the Lord of lords for all eternity. Now we're going to see, <clears throat> notice that that the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from prison. And we could say, why? Why would God release him? I mean, he's such a, I mean, for all the way back to the garden when he came in and lied and you know, made him doubt God's love and doubt God's word and caused the, Eve to be deceived and mankind to fall. And, and then he's, all, he's been all the way through all the world. He's the prince of power of the air, the God of this age. He's been bound for a thousand years. Why wouldn't, why would God let him out another time? Well, we're not for sure, but we can raise some questions. Why be released? Well, just to show that man will rebel even in a favorable environment. At the end of the thousand years, there's going to be thousands and thousands of unbelievers. And we could say, what? Meaning in the midst of a, of a kingdom in which Jesus Christ is the king and he's ruling in righteousness and justice and all of those things, there are going to be many people who reject him. And you could say, that doesn't even seem right. How could that be? We see it's going to happen. But think about this. Think about when Jesus was on the earth. He went into the synagogue one time, and there was a man that had this arm that was messed up, and everybody was looking at him. And Jesus brought him up and said, stretch out your arm. And he stretched out his arm. And when they saw that miracle, some people went, wow, what authority. And others said, we need to kill him. So just because Jesus is God and ruling doesn't mean these people are going to believe in him. And we're going to see that a lot do not. Others, it also shows the wickedness of Satan. It doesn't matter. Been, and been in a hole for a thousand years. And when he comes out, he still tries to go against God and the people of God. And so we're going to see this. Look, so look at verse 7 again. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. And, and this is the second battle of Gog and Magog. The first one is in the first part of the tribulation. This is called Gog and Magog. This is really the second battle. And to gather them for the war, this is the final war, the number of them is like the sand of the seashore. We just can't imagine. And let me raise this question. So if, if the church is in the kingdom and we all got glorified bodies, and the Old Testament people are in the kingdom and they've all got glorified bodies, and the tribulation saints have got killed and everything and they've got glorified bodies, where do these people come from? Well, we realize that there were people who were believers in the tribulation that made it, that made it without getting killed, and they go into the kingdom, and over that course of a thousand years, they have children. People have all kinds of children, and those children are the ones that do not believe. In fact, believers who make it through the tribulation will have normal bodies and will produce children. That's why the kingdom is going to be weird. It's going to be like the garden. Animals won't eat each other. People, can, people are together. We've got glorified bodies. But there are people in this kingdom who have regular bodies, who produce children, who have regular bodies, who reject Jesus Christ. Now, there'll be some, many who will believe, I'm sure, but there are going to be many who reject Jesus Christ. It's going to be a, a very unique time. It's going to be strange. And... Uh, 
we, we talk about it. Many born in the kingdom will reject the king and the savior, Jesus. And when the devil is loosed, they will follow him to make war against Jesus. It's just amazing. And that's why when you read that verse, it says, and he will come out to deceive the nations, which are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. They all come together to attack God, to attack Jesus Christ. The number of them like the sand of the seashore. There's going to be a lot of them. Look at verse 9. And they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And then, I, then it goes on and says, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Let's stop for a second. They come up to the broad plain. Well, you could say, wait a minute. Jerusalem's built on Mount Zion. And then there's Mount of Olives. What do you mean a broad plain? Well, you remember when Jesus comes and he lands, comes back on the Mount of Olives, it's going to split in two and there's going to be a river coming out of there and the, the land is going to start being level. Now, there's still, there's still Mount Zion where the Jerusalem is, but everything's, everything's leveled out. And notice they've come and it says they come up on the broad plain of the earth surrounding the camp of the saints and the beloved city. They're surrounding Jerusalem, which is the beloved city. And look what happens. And fire came down from heaven and devoured them. God's judgment. You know, it's just one verse like that, and it's over. God speaks, and it's over. Fire comes down, and it's over. People talk about evil and Satan. and All God has to do is speak, and it's over. I've had people say, oh, what a battle. What a battle between Satan and God. It is not a battle. God speaks, and it's over. God allows Satan to do things now, but God is God, and Satan is an angel. And God controls all of these things. Well, what happens to the devil? Uh, look what it says in verse 10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. But what happens to Satan? What happens to the devil, the leader of the deceiver? He's thrown into the lake of fire. The beast and the false prophet are already there. Day and night, there's, there's, there's judgment. I want you to understand something. Originally, the lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. That's Satan and the angels that came with him when the rebellion came. But because of man's sin and the rebellion and the, and the lack of righteousness and not, they're not believing in that, they're cast in the lake of fire as well. Beast and false prophet are already there. I want you to note it, understand something. There, there is no provision for fallen angels. When Satan rebelled and some angels with him, God did not provide a way to save them. He judged them. He said, I'm going to throw you one day, someday I'm throwing you into a lake of fire. When mankind sinned, God provided a savior. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus became a person so he could save people. When Jesus did not become an angel to save angels, he became a person to save people. That's the key. And there is, that's why in James it says, the demons believe and tremble. They understand who Jesus is, and they tremble because he's their judge and not their savior. There's a total difference. So what's going to happen to Satan? It says that the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever and ever. Wow. And, and understand there's no provision for the angels. And this judgment this tormenting, this being separated is forever and ever. So then we say, well, what about, what about the people? What about the unbelievers? John 3.18 says, he, the one who believes is not condemned. The one who does not believe is already condemned. What? Condemned already. 
So what, what about unbelievers? What is the deal? From Adam and Eve, fallen man needs a Savior. Jesus Christ has provided it all, and it's always by faith. And some will not believe. And so we're going to see now that all the people throughout history who did not believe. You understand this, and let me say it, and then I'm going to get more detail later. People do not go to hell because of their sins. Jesus Christ has already paid for every sin. He died on the cross to pay for sins. He rose to conquer death. Every human being, whether they're a believer or not, has their sins paid for and it has a resurrect, will be resurrected from the dead. Salvation is not dealing with sin. Salvation is by faith. When you believe, you get eternal life. So every human being has their sins paid for. So the issue for salvation is not deal with your sin, repent of this, get rid of this, do this, do this. Salvation is believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. That's the deal. That's what it's all about. It's not ever been, it's not been the issue of sin. In fact, the issue of sin only deals with fellowship. As a believer, Sin has nothing to do with your salvation. It has to do with your fellowship. And if you've got sin in your life, you're out of fellowship. You deal with your sin, you're back in fellowship. But the issue for salvation is never sin. It is always faith. And we'll see it in just a second. For what about these unbelievers who have not believed? Look at verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it from whose presence earth and heaven fled, and there was no place found for them. Here comes the judgment. The judgment of the unbeliever, and it's called the great white throne judgment. Now, who's judging? Because he set upon it. Well, we think, well, maybe God. Well, it's Jesus, actually. Look what John, Jesus says in John 5. For even the Father judges, for not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son. When we stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, it'll be Jesus. When these unbelievers stand at the great white throne judgment, they're going to be standing before Jesus, who is the Savior of the world. And uh, all judgment is given to the Son. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall give praise. So what's going to happen? Look at verse 12. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which are written in the books according to their deeds. Understand that when the unbelievers stand before God, Jesus Christ will open up books. And these books, based on their deeds, not their sins, their works, their good works, there's another book called the Book of Life. And what we're going to find is that these unbelievers are judged for the things in the deeds. And if their name is not in the Book of Life, they're cast into the lake of fire. So look what happens. There will be the books are open, the Book of Life, the names of those who have eternal life, and the books listing man's deeds and his good works. And they are judged according to their deeds. Unbelievers are judged according to their works. All people are judged for their works. Nobody is judged for their sin. Why not? Because the sins of mankind have already been placed on Jesus. He's paid for every sin. He is the satisfactory payment, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the entire world. So when the unbelievers stand before God, it's not you're a liar, you're a cheater, you did this, you did this. It's let's look at your deeds. And they're going to look at the book of deeds, the things that they did. And let me just remind you of something. Sin has already been taken care of. Sin has already been judged. Jesus Christ has taken man's sins. God has made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf. He took our sins so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now watch this. This is the key. Se separation is not based on sin, but on unbelief. Listen to what it says. He who believes 
is not judged or condemned. He who does not believe has already been judged. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It is not sin that separates. It is the fact that we have not believed that you, have, that you do not have eternal life. It is that simple. And that's the bottom line. And look at this right here. When the Holy Spirit, when he comes... And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. You say, oh, he convicts them of sin? Yeah, what sin? Sin because they do not believe in me. That's the key. It always goes back to that. So when these unbelievers stand before Jesus Christ, it will not be for their sins. Actually, he's going to bring out their works. Watch what it says in verse 13. And the sea gave up their dead who were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to their deeds, their works, their good works. And then notice, it's bottom line, is their, their works. And let me just say something. Why works? You could say, why would he show their works? Because I think there's two things here. One, when they look at their works, they realize their good works do not put them in the book of life. Don't think it puts you in the book of life is faith. And the second thing is there may be, and I'm just saying that I don't know, nobody knows, there may be different levels of, and I don't even know how to say it, the different levels of punishment, different levels of separation based on how people lived. If you remember, Jesus said to a couple of the cities like Capernaum, he said, it's going to be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you on the day of, and so he says that there are different levels of judgment. So maybe Looking at their deeds has something to do with that. Bottom line, if your name's not in the book of life, you, you, you're not gonna, you, won't, you won't have eternal life and you won't be there. So look what he says. Um, uh, Hades is the place of the dead. And so in Revelation 20:14, this is the second death. He says, death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Now we've already said the first resurrection of believers is the resurrection of life. The second death, uh, the second resurrection is death, unbelievers, and it's called death. You remember this chart? We said this is the, there's two resurrections found in the Bible. First resurrection, first Jesus, then the church, then the Old Testament tribulation saints were all resurrected to go into the kingdom. After the kingdom is over, there's another resurrection, the resurrection of unbelievers. It's called the resurrection of death. It's also called the second death. It's also called the resurrection of damnation. It's called that. And unbelievers are raised at the great white throne judgment to stand before God. And this is after that, the thousand years after the kingdom, and they're judged and no Notice the key part there is verse 15. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he is thrown into the lake of fire. And the if there is a first class if, which means if it is true. If it's true, if and it's true, they were not found written in the book of life. And there were people who are not found written in the book of life and they're cast in the lake of fire. And so that is, that is it. And look, look at this. This is a, one of the Psalms. May they be blotted out of the book of life and may they not be recorded with the righteous. The person who wrote that psalm is basically saying, I hope this person doesn't make it. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Well, you want to be blunt? He said, I hope this person goes to hell. That's what the writer's saying because he says, I don't want them in the book of life and I hope they're not recorded with the righteous. So here's a question about the book of life. Uh, and there's two views. I want you to see them. Number one, when someone believes, they are listed in the book of life. So as you go through life, when you believed, I was 19, you might have been much younger. When you put your faith in Christ, when you believed in him for eternal life, immediately your name was written in the book of life. That's what view. There's another view that says everybody is in the book of life 
And if they do not believe, they're blotted out of the book of life. That's a view as well. I don't know. The Bible doesn't really say. It does say that part where a person says, may they be blotted out of the book of life. And that looks like somebody's mad. So I don't know if that's what you go with. I've always taught and always thought that once a person believes, they get listed or put in the book of life. Either way, the key is to be in the book of life. And the only way you can be in the book of life is faith in Jesus Christ. Let me remind you of what happens to these people whose names were not written in the book of life. They're thrown in the lake of fire. Unbelievers are separated from God, Matthew 13, 42, and they will throw them in the furnace of fire. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He will say to them on the left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which is prepared for the devil and his angels. He will say this, they will go away, they, these will go away into eternal punishment of the righteous into eternal life. There's a sad truth, and that is people who do not believe in Jesus Christ will be separated from him forever in the lake of fire. And so we see the division. There's believers, resurrection, be with Jesus, kingdom, eternal. Unbelievers, resurrection after the kingdom, separated from Jesus Christ forever. So what's the key? You want to be in the book of life, and the only way you can be in the book of life is by believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life. I know most of you in this room, but if you are in this room and you have never understood this and you have never understood how you can have eternal life right where you're sitting right now, you can understand Jesus died for you and paid for your sins. He's done it all. He's offering you a gift. It's the gift of eternal life. It's not what you do or keep doing or promise to do. You receive the gift. You say, I believe that Jesus Christ gives me eternal life. And that exact moment you are saved and you're saved forever. I hope and pray that everyone in this room has believed in Christ for eternal life. Let me just give you, because of, because of time, just quickly applications. Let's realize there's going to be a separation. Believers will be with Jesus Christ forever. Unbelievers will be separated from Jesus Christ forever. And the basis is faith. The basis is not sin. Human beings do not stand before God for sin. I know that sounds weird because people are told you all your life you're a sinner and sinners go to hell. Listen, unbelievers go to hell. Everybody's a sinner. And Jesus has paid for all sin. So the basis is faith in Jesus for eternal life. Let's understand we've got to be in the book of life, and that comes simply by faith in Christ. And whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. And the third thing is let's just be faithful to tell others. We realize that there are going to be people we might know and love who do not believe, and have we shared with them? Have we told them? Because if they don't believe... They're going to stand before the great white throne judgment. Their works are going to be there, but their name's not going to be in the book of life, and they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. We have a clear message, and the message is simple, that Jesus died and rose again. Whoever believes in him has eternal life. It's John three sixteen. God so loved the world, that's us, that he gave his son what to die and rose again, that whosoever would believe, that's the response, would never perish but have, here's the offer, eternal life. Whoever believes has eternal life. Well... We hope and pray that everybody uh, is in the book of life that's here. Let's go out and have opportunities to tell others how they can have eternal life.